Hello, everyone. My name's Hank Sutala. And I'm Casey McBride. And we're here with another fun episode of Stir Crazy Shamans, May 29th at 1119 a.m. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And I'm starting to give the date and time because I have found as I have gone through to upload all of our old episodes that it's going to help me a lot uh, to have this date at the beginning <laughs> to help organize things in the future. So thank you so much for joining us. And, um, and thank you for showing up because we did not schedule this broadcast. We're just like, oh, here we are. And we're so <laughs> grateful that you guys are tuning in to join us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and I just, I think I heard my phone ding. So I need to put that on mute so that's not rude to everyone listening oh, be rude to people they don't care no, but you, do, you do need to share it to your um if you'd like to share it oh. anyway, you do need to share it to your personal profile page and while we're doing that and sharing our um uh, the stream to our pages if you'd like to be a contribution to the stream you can go ahead and share it as well uh, to your page or start a watch party uh, however you, if you'd like to you don't have to but that would be a great way to help us spread our um our show and our and the awareness that we're hoping to bring to people so i'm doing that right now too Yes, I just shared uh, mine to my page. So, yep, very cool. Yeah. And a, a reminder to everyone, we won't see your comments if you're commenting to certain Facebook pages. Um, so best surefire way to know that we will see your comments watching this is to go to YouTube and comment on the YouTube channel. Outstanding. Thank you so much. All right. And we have Fiona the cat who says that she's going to be a part of the show, at least her like tail from time to time, if nothing else. Right. Well, but my experience with your cat is every five minutes, it makes a different choice. So we'll see yes. how long yeah. this yeah, she, She's all about it right now, but um, you know, oh, there she is on the microphone. Can you hear that? <laughs> no, I can't. Her tail's rubbing up against the microphone. I wonder how loud that is. Yeah, and in the description for everybody, like I'm still doing a lot of work on it, but if you go to stircrazyshamans.com now, most of you will see the website and on the homepage right now, it has the thumbnails of the entire uh, archive of Stir Crazy Shaman episodes. And then on the right-hand side, it gives you links where you can go and download the audios off of iTunes. So uh, we have it all available on our actual own website. Now we're gonna be building that out a little bit. We'll also be a place where we can put blog articles it's just going to be like an informational hub for everything that we're doing as we continue to uh, to grow this. So uh, that's another great resource. I'm excited that I finally got that domain thing to work because in case it does, I was messaging about, about to throw my computer across the room. It <laughs> was. Because uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not a tech person, but I, th I thought I knew a thing or two about DNS servers, but no. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I got schooled. I had to end up getting my web person, which is a great... Um, starting point is when you feel overwhelmed if you don't know what you're doing with something there is no shame in asking for help and if i had asked for help a week ago uh, i would have been much further along with projects <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i was just watching uh some like uh, youtube like travel shows and i came across this one person who um she's a nutritionist and uh she's like a cook and she travels and does all this stuff but um I I'd never heard of this t concept before. We had kind of talked about this sort of thing in the past, but uh, I guess there's this book that these two nutritionists and doctors wrote um, called uh, Intuitive Eating. And uh, basically the whole thing is that like the diet mentality that so many people have when whatever their goal is, if they're trying to like lose weight or 
you know, improve like uh, cholesterol levels or whatever they're doing, the whole diet mentality of like, exclude these foods, you can't eat them. And then like restrict how much you eat and count calories and all that stuff. It's like really a kind of a toxic thing. And it's not a good mindset to have if you're trying to just live a healthy lifestyle and be a healthy person. Um, and so a big part of this intuitive eating is just to tune into the body and feel. Uh, and so what they say a lot of people make the mistake of doing people who have like an unhealthy relationship with food is um, that uh, like they wait to eat until they're so hungry that like on a scale of zero to 10, they're at like a zero where zero is intense hunger. That's almost like, you know, like painful. And, you know, when you ask the average person, like, well, what is it like when you're hungry? They're like, ah, I'm irritable. Or maybe I get like a little like lightheaded or like my stomach, like kind of is like when painful or whatever. And uh, that's like, like a one to two or like even like all the way to a zero. And then like 10 on the scale of fullness is like painfully full where you ate so much that you almost feel like sick and it just like hurts because you ate, you ate too much. And so what people do is they wait until they, they ignore all the hunger signals from their body because they're not tuned into their body. So when they're at this like really uncomfortable zero or one on the hunger scale, they eat and they want to eat like really um, uh, like calorically dense foods, like just sugary, oily foods. And then uh, they're so uh, they just, eat and eat and eat really, really fast and they don't eat slowly or mindfully. So then now they're at like a 10 and they're like uncomfortably full and they kind of just bounce back and forth between like zero and 10. And it's just really not healthy for the body at all. And that's for people that develop a really unhealthy relationship with the food. So what they're saying, uh, and there's a lot more to it. I guess there's like two whole books on that these uh, doctors wrote on this, but um, you want to be like when you're hungry, uh, if, if you're at about like a four or a three or four, on the hunger scale, so like five being neutral, not hungry at all. If you're three or four, that's when you eat, and then you eat until you're at like a six or a seven on the hunger scale, and um, or the fullness scale, or whatever you want to call it. And so that way, you're never like overly uncomfortably full, but you're never like too hungry. And in eating, when you're just starting to get the signals that you're that your body needs some food and that you're hungry and not ignoring it until you're intensely hungry, then you're more likely to be more rational with your food choices <laughs> and eat healthier foods and in a more proper amount and eat slowly and mindfully and all those healthy things. Well, and that's one of the big things, eating slowly and mindfully because by like it takes, I forget the time, but my wife has brought it up to the kids because they want to eat so much but so quickly, right? And then yeah. they're always taking that one extra glass of milk or this one other you know helping of something and then they end up not eating it. And part of the reason is, is it takes your stomach so long to send the signal to the brain. Hey, dude, I'm full. Stop it. Right. And, and, but if you, if you're eating so quickly that by the time the signal gets up there that you're overeaten, then you're, you're at that 10, you're less like, Oh, why did I have that one extra thing up high? Well, that's because my stuff, the stomach is in the process of communicating with the brain, but you were eating faster than your stomach could communicate. So eating slowly and mindfully gives your body a chance to talk with itself and indicate what, where it's at in terms of its needs being met. Right. And a big thing also talking about um, uh, uh, like hunger signals and all of that, they now know that it's actually fiber. Um, I don't know if it has to do just with the volume in the stomach or specifically like your brain, there's something to sense like the, the amount of fiber we're eating. Uh, but just the way our bodies are wired, it's, it's fiber that really gives us the sense of when we're full and, you know, processed foods, like uh, whatever, you know, like, uh, uh, like, white bread without any of the like whole grain stuff. And um, like a lot of these other, uh, 
unhealthy kind of like junk foods that, uh, and like fast food and all that stuff that people eat. They, it doesn't contain that fiber that our bodies are evolutionarily used to getting. And uh, so you, if you eat even until you're full, but you're not getting any of the fiber to like actually fill the stomach up, then um, you're way over consuming calories most of the time just because the food is far more calorically dense than say if you were to eat like a whole bunch of uh, vegetables or fruit along with um, the food that you're eating. And even even like, you know, like good healthy protein sources like legumes, like lentils, beans, peas, uh, all that good stuff. Um, uh, they're real, they're very dense nutritionally and they have a lot of protein in them, but they also have that fiber along with it. So, um, so it helps to, you know, uh, well, one, it, it, it gives us a signal that we're full, but it also feeds our gut flora, uh, as well. And our gut flora like need that, that fiber in order to properly function. So it improves the digestion as well. Cool. If I knew we were going to talk about this, Dr. K and I should have totally talked about digestion and made the episodes kind of just roll into one another. <laughs> but um, Jen shares with us, enjoy each bite as if it is the last. And that is a great um, a great place as you're eating to stay mindful and present. Like what if you were to savor each bite as though that's the only bite of food that you're ever going to have and it's your, or your last bite of food. And that's a, a great mindfulness trick just to really be present. And Dr. Dane here, who is one of my favorite authors, uh, wrote the book, Being You, Changing the World. He would say that at the very beginning of each meal, you eat the first five bites in full awareness and not just the, the physical sensation of eating, but energetically, what are you getting from that food? Uh, and uh, what are you able to receive um, from it, not, from the consciousness of the plant, like everything um, to be fully aware and present through that experience for the first five bites. But why not do it for the whole thing? But anyway, that's a great thing to start dipping your toes in the water of it. Yeah, and it is. It's, a, it's such a different experience just to bring the mindful awareness into, well, anything that you do, um, but especially uh, with, with our experience of food, you know, and um, so much of the time uh, people are rushed and, you know, it's like a, they're on their lunch break or maybe even like driving in their car and just trying to like shove something down to get on to the next thing. And um, like, again, we're, our bodies just aren't wired to eat like that. We're supposed to be in that rest and digest mode, the uh, uh, parasympathetic uh, nervous system in order to like really process the food that we're eating. And so, um, yeah, taking the time to sit down and be mindful, not only um, causes you to eat more slowly and really enjoy the experience of the food and tune in with what your body, how your body's responding to it, but it also engages the parasympathetic nervous system so that we're relaxed and our body can actually digest the food that we're putting into it. Um, so yeah, hugely important, definitely. <laughs> And then kind of going back to when you were saying um, intuitively, like not not just eating for the sake of eating, but to really tune into the body. And, and I've, I've talked about this before, how when I do this, I will get the weirdest combinations of food that my body is really desiring, like pineapples and pistachios. Uh, but if, you, if you're like going to do it a diet and you're being told you can only do only eat these things, there's a couple issues with this one. Uh, in excess, we identify two types of people. There's uh, humans and humanoids. We think of them as cows and horses. And humanoids don't like to be told anything about what to do. And in fact, they'll do, uh, usually do the opposite just to not listen and conform. So if you're a humanoid and you're trying to put yourself on a diet and you're telling yourself you can only have certain things, just the very nature of who you are, it would be really difficult to stick to anything because every fiber of what you actually are wants to do the opposite of what you're told. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and that's that's a big another big point that in the video I was watching she brought up was uh, like say for example um, I don't know like like sweets like donuts or like cinnamon rolls I had a little while ago right uh, so I say if you tell yourself like no I can't have those like uh, sweet decadent like dessert foods then it's like what we talk about what you resist persists so in your mind you're thinking like no I can't have that I can't have that and now we're giving more and more power to this food in our minds right that it doesn't really deserve or need and so. Um, like this person was sharing that when she started out doing this, she had like always done diets and things that would always like she never let herself eat uh, like potato chips and then like chocolate or two things that she was like she would eat a lot of. She eat those things together. Right. No. So, so what she did. So when she learned about this intuitive eating, they say, um, let yourself eat everything. And uh, and um, but uh, just be mindful of what your body actually wants. And then, so she brought in potato chips and chocolate into the house. And like for the first week, she ate like a bunch of potato chips and chocolate. And then when she realized that she's like, okay, I, I'm allowing myself to have this, I can have it whenever I want, then it lost its novelty. And she's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe every once in a while I'll have some, but like she like doesn't really eat them all that often anymore. Uh, but she has them, they're always in the house. Like I can have them whenever I want, but just in, not having that like resistance to like, oh, it's bad. I need to feel guilty and naughty about it. Then, uh, you know, we're, we're taking away the power by just saying, yeah, have whatever, have whatever you want. Um, well, then I guess the trick is how do people really get in touch with what their body wants? Because we are so out of touch. Um, sometimes we identify that we are the body, but the being and the body are two totally separate things. And so I know, I think you have uh, in some of the past meditations you've done, you've gone into a series of questions that you walk people through to get in tune with the body. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes we're really blocked from sensing what's going on in the body um, because, well, now I'm learning uh, a lot of it is what we call hucha in the, the tradition I'm learning in uh, Peruvian shamanism. But um, uh, so what I'll do is I guide people to an area of the body that's really uncomfortable. Like, so, I see you lying that comment up. So we're doing. What's that? No. Oh, okay. No, I'm. I'm. I had something else that I need to address, but I am listening. Okay. Well, I, I saw something comment come up. Like we had some comments. So I thought oh, you were eyeing that up. No, no, it's. Oh, I can bring that up. If well, well like. let's, let's wait and because I still got my train of thought going here. So, um, <laughs> but I saw you. I thought you maybe you were getting ready to pull. No, it up. I have to message totally unrelated to the show. There's something that requires just a, a, a quick attention thing, but it will take me like 30 seconds and I am listening as you talk. So go <laughs> yeah. ahead and continue on your thing. I, I mean, you just mentioned this yesterday. It happens at least once an episode where I'm, I'm talking and then something happens and Hank is like off and, and then it's hilarious because sometimes I'll catch him when he's still distracted when I finish talking and I just get this, uh-huh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely cool cool <laughs> that's one thing he says cool cool <laughs> yeah i know you weren't listening <laughs> but it's okay uh anyway so yeah what i do though is i guide people uh it's so, like if we have these uncomfortable tense heavy uh sensations that sometimes we label as uh like uh stress or like uh anger or, or guilt or whatever um we really want to like run away from that it's uncomfortable to place our attention there and deal with it so our mind you know comes like we were talking yesterday the monkey mind kicks in starts thinking about like oh well, what am i going to do for dinner tonight and then oh maybe i can go to the movies tomorrow with my friends and I have the day off next week so <laughs> instead of dealing with it we'll go a million different directions in the mind so i tell people all right you don't need to don't worry about what's going to happen in the future just for this moment right now find that area in the body that is the most uncomfortable the most tight the most tense and i have them fully bring their awareness into that now what does that really feel like 
And then I guide them through these questions, but I don't want them to actually answer with their minds. And I tell them, your mind is going to want to answer. That's fine. Let it do that. But then ignore it and go back to just feeling it. And it's the feeling of the energy in the body that we're going for. The mind, it doesn't matter. We don't care what it has to say for now, just for now. <laughs> and then, uh, so we'll ask uh, certain questions like, okay, no, no. Um, uh, what is my body uh, aware of right now that I'm not consciously willing to recognize? And um, I just go through all these questions to start to shift the energy. And what actually happens is um, this energy that was really uncomfortable and, and tense and like actually blocking communication between the being and the body, uh, we transmute that energy into um like an opening that that opens up the communication so it becomes like the fertilizer for an experience of uh, the body and and also experiences of spirit um and, and you'd be amazed doing that can it can really it helps you tune into the body one but also that can open up and immediately from right there we can jump straight out to communication with spirit guides spiritual beings around us um, but um, yeah, if, if that's not what you're trying to accomplish, it's still just a great way to um, really tune in to uh, the body um, as well. And you might be surprised too, like as um, you start tuning into the body, you might be surprised with what it wants. I, I just know I've told this story on air before when I was in line at Chipotle and this was right after I had taken a couple access classes and the, the point was made to me that, oh, you know, your body's different. Why don't you ask your body what it would like to eat? And so I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do that. And I used to be a half um, carnitas and half barbacoa type of Chipotle eater. And I'm in line, I'm like, hey body, what would you like? And it's like, not that like energetically it's like not that and then i for a moment just empathically connected with the entire life of the animals that were used and i basically became plant-based overnight just and but more based on what my body actually would like and i've never had from that moment as long as i asked that question i've never gone back to eating that kind of food anymore uh, so it's a just a night and day thing and i never planned to do that and it came with great ease just from asking a question and being congruent with the being's choice and what the what was going to be a contribution to the body Hey, I don't think I ever told you this, but that, you telling that story just now um, brought back some memories. Because uh, I'm a plant-based vegan as well. And um, uh, for me, there was like, an, it was sort of an overnight thing where uh, like I saw, did a lot of research and then finally saw some footage and was like, I can't eat these animals anymore. But I was thinking back on it and, and what led me up to actually starting to do all that research that I did and everything um was i just started to notice that my body was like really starting to reject not reject but it like it really did not agree with uh the food that i was eating and uh, i was the, like i ate uh like a big hunk of meat like steak or chicken or uh some giant hunk of flesh every single night and um would also probably have that for something like that for lunch and then some kind of animal flesh at breakfast as well and um and that was how i ate for years and years and years and years and um i got to a certain point where i was going deeper into my energy practices tuning into my body more and um i was just the same food that i thought that i'd loved for so long i just noticed like i was starting to become really uh like almost disgusted by it uh, and i was like what is going on here <laughs> like i like i love steak you know steak is great it's delicious. who doesn't like steak and um <laughs> and then um 
And then, yeah, then just really, uh, I don't know, the universe then just sort of, I mean, my spirit guides in the universe always lead me in the right direction. So then they just started to go like, hey, here's some new information, do with it what you will. And uh, so I got hit with a lot of uh, information about like going plant-based and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, and so, but then, so I guess it, it wasn't so overnight. There was, I guess, things leading up to it. But then the actual transition diet-wise, uh, that did happen overnight. <laughs> right. And just to throw out there too, it's not about um, judging eating meat or not eating meat as a right or wrong. It's about what works and what doesn't work. Um, and but from the duality perspective, that's a whole nother conversation to have, like with how animals are treated and that thing. So if it is light for you to eat meat, then start to ask the question: Well, which meat feels lightest? Um, and 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 watch the movie Food Matters. That will drastically change your perspective mm -hmm. and point of view about things like that. And maybe even if you are going to be carnivorous or whatnot, that you will choose. Um, humanely, well, humanely treated. There's arguments for that too. But oh, yeah, there's no such, there's no way to humanely murder anyone. <laughs> How do you humanely murder someone, Hank? <laughs> no, you just you ask them to give up their soul. That would be the humane way to do it, and then they oh. just leave. Right. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I right. guess so. Right. right. So once yeah, you get that, that down, looking down like. Please partake of my flesh, because <laughs> that's how all that's how all that steak ends up on your plate. Yeah. Well, my, my point is that what my my target was saying that is to get, to make the choice not out of a place of judgment about it being right or wrong, but more out of the place of what works for the body, what doesn't work, and what works for the planet, and what doesn't work for the planet. My cousin Jared, who is um, um, not vegan or anything like that, he was just um, educating himself, reading some articles, and uh, and I haven't read the article myself, but it was something about the methane production of like cattle uh, being bred for um, for meat consumption and things of that nature. And the, the gas from the methane of cattle was more than automobiles or something right. to that effect. The, the, yeah, the auto industry. Yeah. And, and so like with that awareness, it wasn't that he had a point of view about meat eating was not right. It was about, well, that's not working for the planet. And though I, I have to drive to get to work, I don't have to eat meat to survive. So why don't I make a different diet choice that is going to be, though maybe a small thing if only one person does it. But if a lot of people were starting to choose that, that would make a huge change in uh, the gas production uh, on the planet that may be uh, contributing to ozone effects and climate warming and stuff like that. So that's what I mean when I say what works and doesn't work. It's not a rightness or wrongness from the, when, from the coming from that energetic place, but what really does work for you and what really does work for the planet. And well, if we're talking about the planet, though, are, are, are the cows and chickens and pigs not a part of the planet? <laughs> no, they are. Right. So, well, then, because, you know, we, uh, I see this happen too often, not from you, but from a lot of other people. Where they'll say, you know, oh yeah, you know, uh, like you know, don't worry about the judgment based around uh, you know the animals and it being right or wrong, but but you know it's really bad for the planet. And I always think, well, it didn't okay. say bad. I said what works and what doesn't work. Oh, right. I was but, I was really avoiding that, but go for it. But, uh, yeah, but you know, it, you know, we're we're um, we're sharing this planet with many many other beings, and um, we're 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 not. Uh, the all important uh, inhabitants of this planet. We we are um, earthlings among all the other animals and creatures here. Um, so I do think that it is time for us to um, to. I mean, there's so much information out there. Anyone can educate themselves. Um, so you know, start to educate yourself. So you know, where what does it really take to get the food that you're eating onto your plate? 
And um, that's something everyone, even people who are vegan can improve on. You know, I know sometimes I'll go to the grocery store and maybe like I just, oh, there's some avocados that are on sale, I'll pick those up. But uh, would it be a lot better for human beings as well as animals for me to uh, maybe, you know, go out of my way, spend a little more money to buy uh, fair trade avocados? Yes, but maybe they don't have them at that grocery store and in the moment I make an impulsive decision. So, you know, no one's perfect. Um, but I think really, you know, just the more we educate ourselves on, um, you know, uh, and, and not just food, but, you know, the clothes that you buy, um, the, uh, uh, the industries that you support um, otherwise, entertainment or whatever it might be, you know, what actually happens uh, in order uh, to, to, to bring that whatever you're consuming or purchasing to what you. Was it up? There's a show, it's on Netflix, it's called The Good Place. It has Christian Dunsack, I think. Um, and a couple other people but the, now the the premise of spoiler alert if you want to watch this you tune out now because i'm about to spoil a whole bunch of stuff for you but it turned out that in this show that nobody had gone to the good place for years and it turned out to be with the um with the application of like cell phones or something like that or and like when people now had access to the information and they're now choosing this but it had all these repercussions of hurting humanity somewhere that no one earned to go into heaven for like years and decades and something like that and now i don't know how the next season's going to go but like when you're saying educate yourself like what about the water where it's coming from or right. uh, like let's talk about monsanto and genetically modified well or let's not talk about monsanto let's talk about food companies that might use genetically modified stuff that are roundup ready and like what are you supporting if even if you're buying vegetables is that vegetable a, a brought up in a way that hurt other farmers because they sued someone that used their seed that blew over into their field and stuff so like if you start really looking at it you may find yourself making different choices or even in the grocery store i haven't researched everything but i'll ask does this feel light for me to buy or not and i just get a heaviness or a lightness and then uh, sometimes i would start researching the things that got that said no well when i start looking at it i find oh wow there was a reason they use this one fungicide that's a known carcinogen or something like that and maybe that's why i got the no answer or the heavy answer so you can start with that intuitive binary dialogue with the universe but at the same time when you get answers you can then dive in and say well why maybe did i get that answer and then find that wow there was a a, a real reason and that's going to help you get trust in your gut uh, and intuition, um, kind of discerning what to put into your body and not when you, if you were to do something like that. Yeah, definitely. And we do, we all have that sort of internal <laughs> guidance system, but we've, uh, and again, just like we talk about where we've fallen out of being in tune with our bodies, we've fallen out of being in tune with that guidance system as well. Um, you know, you take, a, um, I don't know how to put it. Um, hmm. I'm trying not to be like too overly vegan in this episode, but I've already kind of gone down that rabbit hole a little bit. Um, but I mean, you know, you take take a little child, for example, and, uh, you know, you uh, you put a kid in the bed with like a, 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 a strawberry and a little baby rabbit. You know, which one is the kid going to eat and which one's the kid going to play with? You know, uh, so like there's a, a, a like this dialogue like okay, one is food and the other is not, and um, uh, uh, but you know, not even talking about food. You know, we have this certain sense of like okay, that's wrong. That makes me upset. That makes me feel. 
bad without having to be taught about that. It's just that's the way we feel. And um, we have so much like cognitive dissonance around so many things that we've completely fallen out of tune with that guidance system. And now we um, live completely up in the heads and we ignore the body and we make choices that make us feel heavy. And we go like, ah, well, that shouldn't make me feel. And then we just explain it away. And then uh, every time we do that, we're telling the body that this internal guidance system is not important. Uh, and so uh, it starts to give us less and less communication. But right, we all have the choice to tune into the body um, immediately and start to feel. And I know like even when I was out foraging for wild ramps, um, uh, I was asking the spirit of the forest if I could take some of the ramps and I got a yes. And then as I was starting to um, um, harvest some of them, um, I uh, got the, I, got this feeling like okay that, that's enough stop right there but my mind went yeah but if i get like this many more then i could do this with this dish that i'm gonna make and so i kept uh, just really fast picked a few more and then i felt really heavy uh, about it and um and that kind of stuck with me for a while and, it, and it, i knew it wasn't the right choice so the next time i went back i kind of like had some ceremony and communicated with the spirits and then left the ramps alone for like a really long time and didn't take any um so yeah like we have that guidance system in us and, and uh, so we yeah it's just a matter of um you know making the conscious choice to tune back in yeah and i'm just thinking about native americans when they would hunt they would ask great the great spirit like is this one for us or is this one to be left alone and uh, they would even ask like granted that would be killing an animal but even in the context of when it was needed um, because of history and lack of food and things even they had a very utmost respect and kind of asking and tuning in is this one for us or is this one part of the balance of the ecosystem that needs to remain in the forest to breed or whatever the case is and they were very in tune with that type of information and if they were to take an animal they would use everything and honor everything about it and it's a totally different energy than mass slaughtering at a how a, a slaughterhouse and ending up in the grocer's refrigerated section mm. yeah and um and and we have that ability to tune in for not i mean not just food choices but i have people sometimes ask me you know um like what about what kind of exercise should I do, right? For example, uh, like I know, uh, like I love to hike and be out in nature, but I have this kind of uh, foot injury from years and years and years ago that's been sort of re-aggravated. And there have been times when I've been on hikes just recently where um, I was starting to get signals from the body that like, okay, you know, um, it's probably time to stop and take it easy for a few days. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to hike because it's nice out and I'm having a good time. And so I really push myself and then I'm in, then like I'll be in pain after that. Well, fortunately, um, this last time, not as bad as the first time that we hung out together. Right. Of course, yeah. I feel all self-conscious because he's never had this problem. Uh, well, I just met him. So uh, <laughs> going out that it's like, oh, no, I broke Casey. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and, and I come across it all the time in massage therapy. People come in and um, <laughs> I have a couple of points with this one, but people will come in and they say, you know, oh, I just, my back is killing me. I can't move. I can't go to work. Like I'm in so much pain and like, it just needs you to fix me. And uh, so, you know, I ask people, uh, you know, okay, well, what happened leading up to this? Uh, was, did you injure yourself? Is there like, you know, um, like, tension, tightness, spasms before this happened. Like, that ah, just came out of nowhere. And then as we start to work on the area, um, it happens all the time where people start to remember, oh, you know what? Well, there was this one day where I was, uh, you know, like, uh, on, on a bike ride and I like fell off the bike and that kind of pulled something. But then I, there were a few times when I had some 
like uh, spasms and everything, but it wasn't that bad. And um, it's almost like working in that area where like awakening these memories of like, hey, here was the body communicating to you that something was wrong. You needed to get something done about it. And um, our bodies do give us signals. Um, you know, before you get, we're at that point where we're in so much pain that we can't move or walk or whatever it is. Um, the body is communicating. The body gives us signals like, hey, it's time to rest. It's time to get some work done. It's time for healing. The body will tell us before we're that bad. Um, it's just that, again, we're not taught to tune into the body. Um, but then the other thing we're always talking about, you know, what, whatever you're focusing on the most is, is what you get more and more of. And uh, so another thing that happens, you know, um, well, like for, I'll see someone maybe um, for uh, whatever, let's say their back hurts. It says, well, does your back always hurt? You know, and they might, they might say, uh, yeah, no, it's all, always, always painful. And, and then we ask, okay, wait a minute. Well, are you sure about that? Are there ever times when your back's not in pain? And then, you know, they may start to think about it. I don't know. Not, not really. It's just, and then maybe later on, it's just like, well, you know what? Yeah. You know, uh, you know there's like a few days last week where I wasn't in pain. And then, you know, there's like a, like during the day, there's usually some time where it doesn't really hurt. But all they're focused on is the painful part, right? So they're all their attention, all their awareness, all their, they can think of, all they can recall even in the moment is the pain. And they don't remember what their body feels like to feel good. Uh, I've had the experience of the opposite happening where someone has the pain and you follow up with them two weeks later and they were like, oh, I don't know. And because it's gone and they don't even recognize that it's gone. And so they, it, it, they're, they're more an allowance of it rather than focusing on it. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, you know, where people's uh, attention is at. But um, another good tool with that is uh, Dr. Dane gives us example. And I think it's in his book, um, "Being You: The Changing the World." That he was working with this, um, or he saw this lady at a grocery store, and she was looking at something that had fallen, and uh, she was going to pick it up at her back hurt. And he's like, well, who does that belong to? And she goes, my husband. And then she just bent down and picked it up and didn't have the pain. So sometimes as an empath, I wonder if sometimes the pain isn't even ours and it could be somebody else's or something else's. Mm, yeah. Oh, definitely. And uh, being that we are uh, infinite beings of energy, uh, we are in tune with and, and constantly uh, sensing uh, um way more outside of the spectrum that we're taught is possible to sense. Um, so yeah, we, when we, when you're walking through the grocery store, uh, most people are picking up on the energies of, uh, just about everyone walking through there. Um, and some people aren't as like open, uh, by default as others, but, um, yeah. But when we start to resonate with those things, who knows how much, even when we come home after we're, we've been out, how much of that is just something that really resonated with something within us that we're carrying along with us and how much of it was, is actually like our own physiology. And some of us might be very gifted with, um, psychometry, which is usually metal. But if you ever have psychics that want you to give them something metal, uh, but you can do the same thing with cotton balls. It doesn't have to be metal, but say you're picking the avocados and all of a sudden, um, uh, you're, you're feeling like some tension in your body. Maybe you're picking up on the worker that was hired to climb up and harvest the avocados. You might just even be kinetically uh, tuning into when you touch the food, like the people that had a hand in creating it or bringing it to you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I do wonder about that uh, a, a lot um, because I know, you know, everything uh, like, like Hank, or, uh, not Hank, Zane, was saying our, our, our teacher in shamanism, we do this, uh, it's called a kintu, we make an offering with these leaves. And when we infuse it with our energy in this, the way that we do it, uh, it actually physically 
restructures the molecules in in, uh, in those leaves, uh, and we're doing it with a very loving, you know, peaceful intent to connect with the sacredness of the moment and all of that. Um, but you know, <laughs> the same thing's happening when people are angry and pissed off and uh, not in a <laughs> peaceful space. And how many of those workers that are picking that food are having just a really right. bad Think of um, you brought him up a couple times the the water experiment guy, Dr. Emoto, I think yeah. is his name, and it, it, like how much water is affected by the, your energetic states, uh, anger and hate or or agitation or whatever, and if those workers are that that or you're that, like how much water is in the food that you're creating or eating, like in produce, like a lot of that has water in it. And so like all that stuff could be in the water memory, and that would just be a, something right before you eat, like what intention could you have to shift the vibration of the food that could be a greater contribution for the body? So not only asking about where it's coming from, but then once you are going to eat it, to taking a moment to what could I do to kind of supercharge this to make it a greater contribution before putting it in me? Yeah, and especially with water, well, because water is water. It's 100% yeah. water, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I know, um, like, one of the things Dr. Emoto uh, in his experiments found was that after water goes through, like, a sharp angle at a fast speed, like in the pipes that we have, like, it goes from one direction to the other, that, um, metaphorically speaking, like, makes the water angry. Um, and and it, it has that fractured, uh, uh, you know, dissonant looking pattern when you go, even if there was no other, um, you know, input as far as human like thought, emotion or sound or anything, just going through the sharp angles that it gets to, to come out of our faucet makes the water really angry. Um, so it's, um, so, you know, people always focus on, you know, what's, what, you know, the food they're putting into their body in terms of uh, being healthy or not. But um, I think much even more important than that is what about the water you're drinking? Um, because, because that's uh, what we're primarily composed of. So one of the things you can do to sort of combat that, and there are devices that they make to restructure the water. So they have, it's one of the simple ones is it's like a little, um, uh, one of those pieces that you, I don't know if you've ever seen where you make like a bottle tornado where you like spin two bottles attached to each other and it like spins through. It's yeah. one of those, but it has these really strong magnets uh, around the inside of the point of the vortex. So putting the water at a high vortex, a high like a high spin state, um, re restructures it to neutral. Uh, and on, then also the magnets help to like further um, amplify that. So the, the, you just have two bottles with the thing in the middle. And then that's like a really simple version of that. And they're also like big machines you can get to do it. Yeah, um, you symbols for uh, changing it too. Like in advanced Reiki training, if anyone's ever taken that, not all teachers teach it because uh, some sometimes it's considered more woo-woo, but you go through like a whole water ceremony where you manipulate the water with Reiki energy. And then they even suggest that you, if you have like a water bottle or a water dispenser or a pitcher where you drink the water out of after uh, you pour it in, you can put that on the, well, the symbol called the Antikrana symbol, which just sitting it on that symbol can help to shift the energy and vibration of the water. And you don't have to even know that. You don't have to have a machine. You don't have to know any symbols or anything. Um, big thing, before you go to drink water, you have it in your hands, hold it with both hands. That's a really powerful thing to do, both hands. Um, so you're very mindful, really connected with the water. And um, you know, just whatever gratitude or love you can feel in the moment, you know, maybe you're not having a great day or whatever, but whatever bit of gratitude you can have, um, just feel that and um, really uh, like think and feel and project that into the water, whatever the highest vibration of love and gratitude you can experience at the moment. Um, and then just as you're taking your, at least your first sip really mindfully, you know, 
feel the energy of that water entering and that right there will completely restructure the water even just being present with it um, just being completely mindful in the moment with whatever uh, water or beverage that you're drinking can uh, start to really restructure it and there was a, a guru that i was listening to who was telling the story about how um uh like in india um they have a whole different relationship with water than we do uh, water is uh, they keep it in these big copper vessels and they actually like pray to and like worship the water um every uh, that they drink um every day and um so like when you That's go into someone's house the first thing that they do is they they hand you um like a, a a cup of water and you're supposed to take a sip it's like a like you know it's just their customs you do that well, at least i don't know not all everywhere in india but at least in this part of india that he was in he was saying it's what they do and um he walked into What's that? I love, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> so he uh, so he walks into this woman's house, uh, and, and he, he's known for being a guru and all that. And uh, she gives him the water, and he looked at her and just for the feel of her energy and the way that she looked. Uh, he was like, he's like, I'm not drinking that water. He's, and she got really offended, right? Because you're supposed you're supposed to drink the water. You don't refuse the water when someone offers it to you. Um, so she, and he said, uh, he, he just made a mention of like, yeah, your energy is just horrible right now. I'm not going to drink the water that you gave me. And she, uh, so she, uh, so she picks it up and she goes, it's good water, takes a drink of it. And he's like, here. And so what she meant was it's not poisoned, right? Like she didn't like put poison in the water. Um, but, uh, but uh, so he, he takes it and she had just taken a sip of it. So he takes it in his hand and he just sits with it and it's just completely uh, like in present and just feeling love and bliss uh into that water and then he hands it back to her and he says okay now you take another sip and she took a, another sip and she just started crying and uh she said it's so sweet like the, the difference in just the taste and the energy of the water was so like powerfully noticeable that woman in that moment that she broke down and realized that like it was her energy that was doing that to the water. Um, so I thought that was a really powerful story. That is an amazing story. I love it. I, I and the fact that they keep it in copper vessels, there's things with um, gardening with copper tubes and crystals and things that help shift uh, plant growth and all that. So I think it's significant too, that they were keeping it in copper vessels. I think that might add a lot of potency to uh, the, the prayers and the intentions that they're offering for the water that they're drinking. And, and the other thing that comes up to share is in a grandfather ceremony, uh, you have four rounds of a tobacco pipe and you're giving your aspirations and your intentions to the universe as, as you breathe in the smoke, you blow it into a cup of water and then you internalize it. So just with the whole water ceremony that you kind of walked everyone through, um, that would be another thing, not necessarily with cigarettes, please. You know, you, you, this would be, but just raw tobacco, um, Mompacha, um, which is like the South American version, but to have like um, a, an air element where you're also breathing an intention into it, you could even um, add a little bit more um, ceremonial aspects to doing something like that. Of course, if you have friends and family over, maybe just hold it nonchalantly so you're not being judged and for being woo woo and then take your sip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 and with the breath, that's a great tool to use. You don't, uh, using tobacco, again, I think we need to. Well, a lot of people need to reframe their relationship with that, but that's amazing if, you, if you're open enough to, to do that. Uh, but if you're not at the point where you're comfortable enough to use like tobacco for prayer and, and in the water, you can just use your breath also. So in yeah. combination of what I said, just breathing, kind of like hold that, retain for a moment and let the breath like blend with all of the sacredness that you're feeling and all of your gratitude and love. And you can just 
really gently just breathe that into the water and imagine it's catch what we call that like a haiwa like a baby's breath just like the, the you're breathing the energy of whatever it is you're instilling into the water not with words or anything like that it's like a a combination of your will and love of what you're putting into the water we call it munai in the tradition so with your munai you're just breathing that little sacred haiwa that baby's breath into the water and then you're internalizing that so the water is and zane talked a little bit about this with like the hapai kusai ceremony when you do something like that and then you internalize it like all the molecules in your body start to shift in order to help actualize that in your life so it can be a very potent experience and a practice for manifesting and actualizing whatever it is you're asking the universe to bring you and now you're really being coming intimate with those uh, choices and and uh, all that good stuff too mm -hmm. awesome. yeah yeah and um just going back to the uh, like water tasting uh, like sweeter after doing uh like energy healing or, or like being present with it and all of that i've done there's actually a, a i think it was robert pang you you've studied under him yep. for Qigong. uh he had an exercise where he, he took two um uh, he took brandy uh, it's like you know, alcoholic beverage brandy from from the same bottle and poured the same amount into two identical cups. And one he uh, did this. Uh, he basically is just flowing um, energy uh, into uh, it and imagining that all of the unpleasantness, the bitterness, uh, all of the dense energy is just draining out the bottom of the cup. And then he's refilling it with this light, peaceful, loving energy. And then uh, and I tried to, at the time I did this with, uh, I think, like whiskey or something that I had. And you take a sip of the one and it, it was like tastes really pleasant and sweet. And then again, it's the same whiskey out of the same jar and you sip the other one. And by comparison, it's so bitter and has so much harshness that it's like completely disgusting. You almost want to spit it out just by comparison. Uh, but I, But you can do that. I've done that with people with juice um and like uh, i did it with lemon juice the one time that was really cool um and like the lemon juice was like and it still is sour because it's lemon juice uh but then you taste the one that you haven't done that to and you're like whoa that one's really sour after that so um yeah, yeah it's really it's a really fun thing to play around with like a demonstration of how energy can affect something very uh, much on a physical level and whether or not you do qigong or not just having the intention and just following your own knowing of what to do uh, you can have the same experience i know in access we have uh, i forget the name of the energy process but you can use it for wine that doesn't taste good or water that tastes bad or whatever the case probably very similar they call it molecular manifestation demolecularization or something some really tongue twisty name but it's just like basically you connecting with the molecules of uh, whatever it is and asking them to rearrange to make it sweeter less bitter um, a bigger contribution for the body whatever it is and then we can do that in our own bodies too right so yeah. uh, um, that's one thing uh, uh, sometimes um, if I'm not feeling that great, uh, like well, one, yeah, I have exercises now, like the Sama Chikui that um, really help to remove unpleasant uh, energies and sensations. But another thing that I'll do sometimes is if uh, whatever I've like been out around people in the grocery stores or like, wherever I am, and I come home and I'm just not quite feeling as peaceful as I would like, um, I sit there and I sort of, uh, well, I, I see it because I see energy, but I see like the uh, framework of the energy of my body expand outward. Uh, so it's a little more like easily um, visible and bigger. And then I go, all right, what would this look like if I could shift it to be completely like uh, at peace right now? And then I just see all of like the complex 
um, geometry start to like morph and shift and then uh, become uh, like a lot more uh, pleasant and peaceful. Now you don't have to be able to do that or see all of that to do that, but you can tune into the body. And again, just asking like, what would it feel like uh, if right now we could uh, be at complete peace? And then what energies can I bring in? What shift can I make right now in order to actualize that? And then just feel as the body starts to kind of shift and move uh, along with your intention. Awesome, awesome. There's so many things coming to my mind now. We have so many little out in the woods episodes to do, and we can do some of these things that we're talking about. On oh, I'm just looking forward to really having a, oh, some experiences around that. Let's see, anything else? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, throwing it out for those that of you are still watching, I see some on the watch party as well. We won't see your comments. If you're commenting on the watch party, you have to comment on the Stir Crazy Shaman Facebook page or YouTube channel. But if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, let us know. Uh, John was actually talking it up quite a bit as we were talking um, that that just like all the, when we were talking about the products that you can, the, the, the intuition of, when you're about to buy something like tuning in and and doing things like that and was talking about some other things that are kind of out of place now and also saying great work guys catch you soon so i'm glad that john was able to meet up with us for a little bit um and if you're catching this halfway through and you're going to go back and watch the replay please also make sure you start a watch party or share the video if you feel called to but what else was is there anything else around our topic of really mindful eating and being i, I would say would be the title of this episode um yeah no i think maybe that's good uh yeah um it did it was it was funny it was like i didn't think the energy was fizzling out but then you paused and i'm like oh where did it go <laughs> so i guess yeah it's a good well I, I felt it like as i was about to start talking i just felt it go Whoa. yeah i i felt it after you paused I was well like, that, oh. that also could be was it ours or was it um somebody in my household saying he's still on the stream okay that's, that's a possibility <laughs> you just did the doctor before this so you've been streaming right. for a while now i know and I, I was gonna take like a 15 minute break but i just want well that I, I almost thought about asking you before we jumped on i'm like do you need a breather <laughs> you know like you're, you're, i'm good i had my cup i got my my coffee mug here like hold oh, yeah. now but um uh, uh, i've had my moogie chat for everyone that's wondering this is not a glass of whiskey this is barley tea <laughs> no, i gotta you know don't care what people judge you if they think it's whiskey or not <laughs> yeah i mean if i was drinking whiskey at 12 p.m on a friday or saturday whatever day it is why not <laughs> you're right why did i wait till noon <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know i've been uh, sober for 12 years now and when i was in the heyday of my drinking i would but i had the stand-up shower right and then there there was like this little shelf and i thought wow that's a great place to bring a couple whiskey and have a sip or two while you're taking a shower that's how crazy i was when it came to drinking I, that's why i say i was a professional drinker you'll never get judgment for me for drinking a whiskey on air or anything uh, <laughs> uh, no no and uh, um uh, that's I get, that's something also I know we're kind of wrapping, getting close to the hour, but I just wanted to touch on that with um, uh, going back to what we were saying, not um, uh, not like putting anything off limits for yourself. Cause I've in the past really struggled with drinking too much uh, also. And I always had this attitude of either like I'm not drinking at all and like alcohol is bad. I can't touch it at all. And then like that would last for a while. And then I'd be like, I just really want to have a beer. And then it's like, boom, next thing you know, I'm like, drinking every single day. And um, so, it, but in recent past, what I've noticed is just allow yourself, my body, if I'm really in the moment, like, you know, I would like to 
have a beer right now. Tune in with what the body wants. And, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the body ultimately would not actually like to have alcohol, but like maybe I in the moment really want that. So, but what I do is I'll, I'll sit there and really mindfully drink one of my craft beers. And um, usually after one or two uh, beers, uh, my body's like, you know what? Like, no more, please. And then I go, okay, and then we stop. Uh, whereas like in the past, it would be like, we'd be on number six or seven. And I'd be like, well, uh, now we're just getting started. <laughs> and, uh, when it comes, if, if anybody's listening and they identify with being having an addictive personality, take that with a, because I've been in sober 12 years and I'm still very mindful about that. But um, ultimately, relapsing is based on your spiritual condition. If you are drinking to medicate something away, then that is a very slippery slope. If it's doing as a contribution to the body or in an awareness that it's going to be a contribution and it's not to medicate and it's to increase the awareness, then spiritually, you're probably in a spot where that would not be a slippery slope. But if you're depending where you are in potentially your sobriety, if you do identify with that. Take, uh, you know, really ask your sponsor first before you do it. I'll say it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely not uh, giving any kind of advice on what anyone should do. So, about that. So, and I, and I just want to throw that out there because somebody in the space of addiction will take that comment and have a reason and justification to drink while well, the shaman. Oh, yeah. See, I wasn't yeah, even thinking yeah, about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just got, ha ha, whoever's watching that, that I just foiled you. Yeah. Now you know that's not what we're saying. Because like, no. it's like, yeah, I need to reframe something with this. Because it's really about like um, when like, you're medicating your gifts away, you're medicating your awareness away. And that's never a reason to pick up a drink. But when you have sobriety and you are, it's a spiritual experience and there may be room, wiggle room in that. Um, I'm not, like yesterday I ate, um, I went to eat this bread, right? And I can't even tell you, like the second it hit my tongue, I knew, oh shit, this is bad. I, like I, I spit it out and like, I could just feel like this wave of, like it wasn't moldy or anything, but there's something happened to this bread. Like, I don't know exactly what it was, but I actually did a rum gargle and then spit it out. Like I have like this rum that I offer to my spirits and I got, you need to do this, whatever was in there. I just did that. And I wasn't worried about relapsing or anything else. didn't, you know, actually ingest it. But I mean, you're following your awareness and it is going to be a contribution. That's a whole separate ballgame than uh, taking it as a way to medicate consciousness or awareness. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but I know uh, like, um, uh, I guess what I, where I was when maybe, uh, alcohol is not the best example to give publicly, no. but I guess what I was saying is that, like, so for anything, if there is, like, say, like a certain, well, let's say food, that's a little easier, right? So say chocolate's your vice, and, you know, you overdo it with chocolate all the time, and then you, like, end up, um, like, feeling really sick because you eat too much chocolate when you do, um, you know, uh, maybe not saying, like, you know, okay, that's completely off limits, I can never have chocolate again, just, um, you know, be really mindful when you are. Uh, eating chocolate, you know, and say, you know, maybe you take a few bites and uh, then your body's like, all right, you know what, that's, that's enough. We got our little fix and then listen and then stop. Don't just keep going. Cause you know, like, oh, like I shouldn't be doing this, but oh, I mean, you know, um, and, and listening to the body can really help with, uh, I think with overcoming a lot of addictions. And in fact, there was this study that, uh, uh, that they did. And um, I, I hope this really starts to take off. I watched a Ted talk on it where they, they did this. Uh, they were trying a new approach to helping people to quit smoking cigarettes and um, it was the, the first one of its kind at the time. And they actually encouraged people to smoke cigarettes to help them to quit smoke cigarettes. But what they said was, yeah, go ahead. We're, you're trying to quit smoking cigarettes. Great. 
keep smoking cigarettes. <laughs> what they said was, they said was, but when you do smoke that cigarette, we want you to be really, really curious about what you're feeling when you're when you're smoking that cigarette. Just like a kid, just be really present with your senses and, and notice what's happening when you are smoking the cigarette. Yeah, I bet you people have ever smoked that first cigarette. You know what your experience was. You probably never would have done it again if it wasn't for <laughs> pressure. <laughs> so your body's like, don't do that to me. <laughs> so so that, but these are people that have been like chronic smokers and then like the people were saying, so like he, he put, put it up like what people were they're documenting their experience was. And anyway, people have been smoking air every single day for years and years and years and years. And then first time they were encouraged to do it mindfully. Person's like, um, yeah, it tastes like ashes and dirt and chemicals and it smells disgusting and it makes my lungs feel bad. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best thing. But, but they found that in doing this, they actually had far more success in one, getting people to actually quit smoking. But the biggest thing was people that, that stayed off of cigarettes in the long run. It was far more success without having people going back to smoking cigarettes and, and actually encouraging people like, yeah, if you want to smoke, smoke, but be really mindful of what's happening when you do. So I thought that was really fascinating. It's kind of the rule of thumb, no matter what you're going to do, be really mindful when you're doing it and you might just make a different choice. <laughs> Absolutely. Or change your experience while you're doing, while you're making the choice that you're having, either one. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to post, this is the link to the YouTube video where we're streaming this. Uh, for, if you're just joining us and you're going to go back and watch it in the archive, it definitely helps us to have watch time over on YouTube, as well as uh, give a thumbs up, comment, or subscribe. All of the above is gr greatly uh, appreciated. And I think I put it, did I put the stir crazy shamans in the text here i did so in the description above the video i put in check out all the past episodes at stircrazyshamans.com it has all the youtube videos there maybe not today's but if you want to go back through the archive you can watch everything right through our page now and there's also links to download audio so it's um pretty cool we're coming up into the technology shamans plus technology equals awesome <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it's been already uh, thus far it's been an amazing beautiful ride to, to do this along with you and all the viewers that uh, have, been, have commented and, and are watching and contributing it's been really amazing it's so much fun and so fulfilling to do this um so really looking forward to where this is going to continue to go in the future so i just re I really heartfelt thank you to all of you yeah and nike 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 i can't say that enough myself it's really you know, just even people I haven't talked to in years, like over since 2000, let's see, when did the bank close? Oh, man, like 2012-ish, um, 2013, people I haven't uh, communicated with in like seven years that I knew working at Bank of America. They've been catching the streams and I've gotten messages. It's like, oh, my gosh, this, um, thank you so much for doing it. It's like um, you never realize, like even the, not everybody makes a comment, but the people's lives are really impacted or they make choices from the awarenesses that we bring up on the on this and uh, then you might hear about it months or years later of what the impact was so we're just really thankful that people are in a space where they're in allowing to receive from what we are offering so thank you thank you thank you yes it's beautiful um and uh, i don't know if we have already said but yes uh, definitely uh, watch on youtube for the replay but please subscribe that really helps us out and then also you get the notifications when we go live and it's kind of different uh depending on the day we're usually in the mornings um but like the exact time varies so if you have the notifications turned on um then when we go live we get notified and if you can catch it live that's great if not you can always 
uh, get the replay. So yeah, absolutely. And and do look forward to. I got a camera called Mevo, which lets us live stream based on like we don't have to have the whole setup. We can just go out with an iPad, and um, and stream. And it's going to be awesome. We we already have a couple of locations. We just need to uh, start doing it, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Oh, that'll be so much fun. Yes. <laughs> we won't uh, be able to see comments out of nature as easily, though. We would have to have another device, so we may not be as interactive, but we will definitely be offering like ceremonies and uh, different things out in nature. So it's awesome. <laughs> and we're coming up on the 60 minute mark. So for Instagram TV, we'll do a quick see you later. Thank Fire you. Thank fun. you. Thank you. <laughs> Nike, Nike, Nike. Thank you.